so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Scripture this morning is taken from John 19 verses 28 to 30 and I'm actually going to bring it from, from the uh, New King James. You'll see the NIV up there but you can, you can catch up. There's a few slightly different words. After this... Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they lifted up and filled sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. And so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He gave up his spirit. Thank you, Lord, for this word, this, this amazing three words that transformed every one of us in this room. Three words, it is finished. So, morning, guys. Those who, who are visiting today, you're traveling through. I've met a couple of guys this morning. Welcome. Anyone online, just, just welcome. We're going to just spend the next little while leading up to communion just around these, these three words. It is finished. On that day, it was finished. The price was paid in full. And yet, 36 years of my life, I didn't know what that meant. I hadn't got a clue. Why would we call it Good Friday? In fact, Dan's asking that this morning. Why do we call it Good Friday? When all I could see, all I could see from afar, Pam was walking with the Lord, but all I could see was Jesus being beaten, Jesus being whipped, tortured, dying on a cross, buried in a grave. I'm going, how can that be good? But 27 years ago, in fact, 27 years ago, last Sunday, as I received Jesus Christ, a guy was praying for me and he just said, you're doing this, Keith. And I felt a nail go through me. And you're doing that, another nail, that, 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 six things in all. I felt these nails go through me. But they didn't go into me. I just felt that they passed through and something, somebody else, and that was Jesus Christ, received those nails. That sin that I had, he paid the price on that day. So I was so grateful to that. So I was thinking about that as, we, as I prepared for this week. I don't know about any of you, but we're, we're preparing our house. We're getting things done. I've got so many unfinished projects. Anybody got unfinished projects at home? I reckon, yeah, look at that, so many of them. I reckon we will end up, when we, we move on from this earth to eternity, we'll all have unfinished projects. But you know, there's one person that walked this planet that never had an unfinished project in his life. And that was Jesus Christ. He stretched out his arms. He said, it is finished. And, and Jesus knew from a very early age. In fact, he knew when his dad sent him here what he was going to do. At the age of 12, he's talking to his mom and dad. When they found him in the temple, he said, I've got to get on about my father's business. I've got to actually get on with what dad has took me here to do. And in John 4, 34, he was speaking to the disciples and he said this. He said, I have come to finish the work that my father sent me to do. He'd come to finish that work. And then a bit later on in John 19 here, 28 to 30, he said those words, didn't he? Knowing, knowing that everything was completed, everything. There was nothing left uncompleted. And the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I'm thirsty. He got the drink and then he shouted, it is finished. If you look at the account of Mark, it is finished. He shouted it. And then with him, he bowed up his head and he gave his spirit. There's three things in there. Three things that just jump out to me. 
He didn't say, I am finished. Jesus didn't stretch out his arms and say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. Because he wasn't finished. But to the world, he looked finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And he didn't just say it. He shouted it. He proclaimed it. It wasn't a defeated, I'm finished, I'm gone. It was a shout of victory. It was a shout of celebration. It was a, a won over the battle. He'd won the day. He said, I've finished the job that my dad sent me here to do. And then he bowed up and he gave his spirit. He bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. You know, we talk about who killed Jesus. But Jesus gave up his spirit. He wasn't a martyr to the cause. You know, martyrs to the cause, and there's been a lot of martyrs in the Christian faith over the years. Martyrs, they get burned to crosses, they get burned to the stake. But Jesus, he voluntarily gave his life for our sin. So he wasn't a martyr, he was a saviour. He is our saviour. Never, never in this planet, I said earlier on as I was praying, never have three words ever transformed my life, and they should transform our lives. It is finished. You know, without those three words, what would we have? I'll tell you what we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have any hope. We wouldn't have any purpose. We wouldn't have any power for the problems we've got going on in our lives. We wouldn't have a place in heaven. And we wouldn't have a pardon for our sin. 27 years ago, so grateful. He pardoned me and took my sin away. But as Jesus said those words on the cross, I don't think anybody really got it. His dad got it at the time. The Roman soldiers, they said, here's this radical revolutionary. He's finished. Pilate's going, there's the political headache. It's finished. It's gone. Religious leaders are saying, yeah, well, the competition's finished. That's done. Even the disciples are saying, our dreams are finished. Even Satan's going, I don't know what's going on here. I win. How wrong was he? How wrong was Satan? What was Jesus really finishing when he went to the cross and stretched out his hands? I'm glad you asked that question. He was saying, to Telestai in Greek, to Telestai. There are over 380 prophecies pointing to what Jesus would do. He fulfilled them all. And when we talk on Sunday about that, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a mathematician, a bit of a, a geek on that stuff. There's no way 380 things, probabilities, would come to pass. I'm going to tell you that the Savior, I'm sending you a Savior there was thousands of promises in the Bible and Jesus, he actually fulfilled every one of those promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. There are many things that Tetelestai means. For a servant, it means a job's completed. I've Tetelestai, this job, it is finished, I've completed it. Judges, justice has been served, I've completed the case. Accountants, if you're an accountant here, you know, I, I know how to spend money. I don't know how to make it, but I know how to use that stuff. But the accountant would say to Telestai, the debt is paid in full. That's actually our debt was paid in full by Jesus. The artist might say, it is finished, this work. You know, when Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel, he said, yeah, to Telestai, that's finished. That didn't mean anybody could come and change that, make it better. The offering has been given. You see, our God... To telestize everything. Our God completes everything because he's a God of order and a God of law. If we look through the Old Testament, there are plenty of laws in there and Jesus came to complete every one of them. He's a God of justice and fairness. But he's also God of love. As well as being love himself, 
He is a God of love and forgiveness. For those first two, for the laws and for justice, Jesus took them on the cross. He took all of the stuff that we deserved and he nailed it to himself because his dad so loved the world, he gave us that son. So what did Jesus finish on that cross? I just want to step through five little things that Jesus finished. There are many, many things that Jesus finished on that cross. We're going to step through these and we're going to take communion and celebrate these things. The first thing he did for all of us in here, wherever you are listening today, he paid my penalty and he cancelled my debt. Yeah? The laws were broken. Somebody had to pay. I, as you know, used to be a cop and I used to go and give evidence and we'll talk about that maybe on Sunday. But when you give evidence in a court, you're giving evidence because laws have been broken. Criminals have broken the law. Somebody has to pay. Justice has to be served. But God himself said, I will, I will pay that debt. I will pay the justice. And he says this in Romans 8, 3 to 4, in the New Living Translation. The law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours and gave his son... The as a sacrifice for our sins. God did this that the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us. So there are many sins, no matter what sins we've done, God sent his son to accomplish the requirement of the law. The requirement of the law, justice and fairness. If you look at the Constitution, that's what we stand on, justice and fairness. It's good news. It's Good Friday. The debt is paid goes on in Hebrews 9.15. says this, Christ died to set the people free from the penalty. We don't have a penalty to pay. Our sins, the sins that they committed under the first covenant. When Jesus came, and we're going to celebrate the new covenant in a little while. Jesus came to break that stuff of the old covenant. Everything you've ever done wrong, Jesus paid the price on that cross when he stretched out his arms. Not only to forgive you, but he paid your penalty. He went on that cross as you, as me, to pay that penalty. He wiped the account clear. Colossians 2.14 says, God wiped out the charges and cancelled the record. We have, Even though we've dis disobeyed God many times, God's commandment, Jesus took our guilt on his own body and he nailed it to the cross. He didn't just pay the charges. He actually cancelled the debt. He forgave the whole debt. No matter what you did, past, present, future, Jesus came and he canceled those debts. He, he wiped them out. You just imagine, you, you're sitting at home and you get a telephone call from MasterCard or Visa. And they say, hey, you've got this big bill, but what we've done is we've canceled your card. We've written off the debt. You're free. Be free. That'd be amazing. But that, that, that's nothing compared to what Jesus did here. He went and he claimed and he completely did it. Do we deserve it? Absolutely not. That's the beauty of grace. That was what the cross was about, grace. Hebrews 5.9, in God's word translation says, After Jesus finished his work on the cross, he became the source of eternal salvation for everybody who obeys him. Everybody obeys him, eternal salvation. That's why Good Friday is good. Because my debt has been paid. Your debt has been paid. Second thing, he defeated on the cross the fear of death. Did you know death is universal? 100% guaranteed we're all going to die. 
It's the truth. The problem is many people fear death because they either don't know where they're going or they've got some stuff going on and they need to sort that stuff out. Maybe it's an unfinished project that they need to sort out in the heart. Because when he said it is finished, we should know that we can get up to eternity and go, it's finished, let's, let's get to the party. That's our eternal life. We're just passing through. Romans 5.17 said this, The sin of one man, Adam, caused, the death, caused death to rule over us. But who received God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through one man. One man, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ who stretched out his arms and said, it is finished. Let's have a little look at this in Hebrews. He says, Jesus, this is Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. Jesus became flesh and blood, being born of human form. For only a human being could die. Jesus had to die to fulfill this. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he deliver those who lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We don't have to fear dying. God broke that. He defeated that on the cross. There's no fear of dying for me. I, I know that 100% guaranteed I'm going to die. But I don't have a fear of that. I used to have a terrible fear of going, am I going to die today? Don't have that fear anymore. John 14, 1 to 2 tells us, Don't let your hearts be worried or fearful. Trust God. Trust also in me, Jesus Christ. In my Father's house, there are many rooms, and I have gone to prepare one for you. So when he stretched out his arms, he said it was finished. He takes away the fear of death, and he is going to prepare a room for each one of us. He did it. We don't have to have fear. Number three, he broke the power of Satan to mess up my life. Satan loves to mess up our lives. Because of the empty tomb, we'll talk about that on Sunday. The empty tomb, we can have a full life. Jesus' death broke the power of Satan on that cross. Life can be tough. We can have difficulties in life. It says in this world we'll have trials and tribulations, but behold, I've overcome the world. But we can have these things. We can have these troubles. We can feel like we're in a war. And sometimes, you know what the truth is? We are in a war. We're in a spiritual war. But we don't have to fear that because we have a creator. Satan hated God. Hates God. Hates Jesus. Hates you because you follow him. Because Satan isn't a creator. He's a created being. He can't create anything. He's a destroyer. And the enemy came to lie, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to abundance. You see, Colossians 1.13 says this, God rescued us from the power of darkness of Satan and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. You see, on that cross when Satan looked and said, I've won, Jesus, the son of God, has been defeated, he, he was so mistaken. He hadn't won. He got it so wrong. You see, he still tries to, to beat us up, though. He still tries to get us to be tempted and he still tries to get us to actually talk down about ourselves and feel condemnation. Those two things, we don't have to feel that. In Romans 8.1, it says, the case is closed. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we don't have to be tempted because God always gives us a way out. God always gives us a way out. In 1 Corinthians 10, it says this, you can trust God not to allow any temptation greater 
than your power to resist it. Also, when you're tempted, God will provide you a way of escape so that you can defeat it. You know, sometimes the best way to avoid temptation is run. Run 100 miles the other way. And because of the cross, I can resist temptation. Because of the cross, I can actually reject condemnation. God took away Satan's power to accuse you of sin. And God openly displayed to the whole world Christ's triumph at the cross, where your sins were taken away. Colossians 2.15. Just give you two small other things, and then we're going to just take communion, because this is the central focus of today. It is finished. Christ paid the price. Number four, he created a family including all races. If you look around here, you've got people from England. There's people from all sorts of different places. Whether you were born in this nation or came here, God created a family of all nations and races. You see, before the cross, there were two groups. There was the Jews. They were God's chosen. And then there was the rest of us. And that was it. But after the cross, everything changed. Ephesians 2, 14 and verse 19 says this. Our reconciled peace is Jesus. He made the Jew and the non-Jew one in Christ by dying as our sacrifice. He paid the price. He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us. And now he's made us equal through our union in Christ. You know, in the church, sometimes we're really good at putting back those walls. You know, oh, they're those, you know, they, they worship in that way. And, oh, they sing these type of songs. You know what? It doesn't matter. God's coming back for one church, the church of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, one church. That's why he stepped out his arms and he said, it's finished. That's why we pray for the guys down the road. As long as they're kicking the ball and worshiping with Jesus, we need to lift them up because when they're blessed, we're blessed. He created us to be in a family. Verse 19 goes on. So you're not foreigners or guests. You're not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the holy ones. Do you realize that? You're a child of the city of the holy ones, of Jesus Christ himself. We have all that Jesus has. We have all that he is because he stretched out his arms and he said, it is finished. Rather, you are these children of the holy ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You know, for many years, when I, I sort of was struggling as a new Christian, I mean, kind of, can I say this? Can I do that? But you know what? When you're born again, you come in the family. You have the rights of someone who's been there 30 years. You know, somebody once said to me, uh, I was trying to bring a small point, and I think I've been saved for about three years. And they said, you don't talk about that, brother. I've been a Christian for 40 years. And me being a copper and being very cheeky back then said, is that 40 years or one year repeated 40 times? You see, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It's about our relationship with Jesus. It's about it is finished. We can grow in Christ together. We can be in this family together. You see, after the cross, we were all included. It wasn't Jews and Gentiles. It wasn't that type of denomination or this. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. I'll say that again. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. There's no higher or lower. There's no them and us. It is finished. Salvation belongs to everybody. The cross made a way. And the last thing before we take communion is this. He guaranteed my salvation. 
Jesus Christ, I don't have to guarantee it. He guaranteed it. I don't have to keep myself safe because Jesus keeps me on track. The closer relationship I have with Jesus Christ, then the closer the walk towards eternity is. It's the difference between a slave and a son. I used to be a slave. You, some of you have been around here and heard me before. Often I would perform. I would fit in. I have many hats because I was a slave. I was trying to achieve approval. But that day when I, Jesus took those nails for me, I became a son, a son of the king. So I might mess up. I might go some strange ways and mess up, but I can come back. I might lose some fellowship. But eternity begins the moment you put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water, in the hand of Jesus Christ. You put your hand in Christ's hand and you say, I'm in. I'm in. I once had a guy talk to me. He said, how do I get saved? I want to get saved. How do I get saved? I said, it's too late. He said, what do you mean it's too late? I want to know how to get saved. What do I have to pay? He was a wealthy guy. What do I have to pay to get saved? I said, it's too late. You're already in. You've just said, how do I get in? You are in. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome. That guy's out there serving Jesus. He loves Jesus. He thought he had to do a bunch of things. And Jesus says, just come to my cross. It is finished. It is finished. Philippians 1.6 says this. You can be certain of this. Certain of it. God who began a great work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished. On that day when Jesus Christ comes back again, either he comes back or we meet him in heaven. But you can be certain of it. He's keep on with that good work. We don't get to heaven by works. We get there by grace because we're saved by grace through faith. It is finished. The price is paid in full. Jesus did it all. He did it all when he stretched out his arms. Saving was all his idea and all of his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. That's Ephesians 2.8 in the message. I love the way he, the message puts that. Saving was all God's idea. It wasn't our idea. I didn't wake up one morning. Actually, I didn't wake up definitely in 1996, 2nd of April. And the first thing on my mind is I must get saved. Actually, there was a completely opposite thing on my mind that day. Some of you heard that. It was totally the opposite thing about getting saved. Didn't want to be around. Didn't think I should be around. But you see, saving on that day was all God's idea. It was all his work. It wasn't anything I did that night. He just stretched out his arms and said, welcome home, son. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. All we have to do is trust. And you know, that take faith. The faith of a mustard seed. Just take that enough trust to let him do it. It's God's gift to you today. When Christ said his, his arms out, it was God's gift from start to finish. Gifts. You know, tomorrow, no, Sunday, we'll all, you know, some of us will get chocolate. Maybe I'll get some chocolate. But we'll get gifts of chocolate. But it's not about chocolate. It's about God's gift to us, isn't it? It's a gift that we've been given. We don't have to pay for a gift. We don't have to earn it. It's what God has done. So today, it's the difference between do and done. Between it's finished or you doing it and working out stuff. Do's and don'ts, rules and religion are not my thing. You may have worked that out. The Bible isn't about religion. It's about relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters. A living, vibrant, alive relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that 
God isn't just righteous and just. You know, he is a righteous and just God. And when you go through the Old Testament, there's some powerful stuff there. of Smiting and all sorts of stuff. But God isn't just about that. He's also loving. I'm glad Jesus said on that day in 1996 for me and maybe that day somewhere else for you. I'll take the rap. I'll take the penalty. It's finished. John 10.28 says this. Amplified. And I give you an eternal life. I give you an eternal life. And they will never ever by any means perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. When you've given your life to Jesus, ain't nobody going to snatch you out of Jesus' hand. I need a foundation. If you need a foundation for security, I do. Every day I wake up, I need to stand on rock. I don't need to build a house on sand. I've tried that. It doesn't work. Sandy soil sinks down. 36 years of trying to build my life my way. But you see, if you need a solid rock, you need to take that thing that can never be snatched. You need to build your life on Jesus. You know, Pam is my second best friend, and she's okay with that. My best friend is Jesus. He's also my saviour. He's not my martyr. He's my saviour. I can lose my health and I can lose my wealth. And we just spent some time with a dear friend last week. And her health's not great, but she's still standing on the rock of Jesus. She's still proclaiming Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because God is good. I can lose my family. I can lose my life. I can lose my mind. And some people say I have. But anyway, Acts 10.35 says this. I'm going to finish up with this. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. And I'm going to add in there, it makes no difference what you've done today. It makes no difference what you've done. If you want God and you're ready to do as he says, as the Bible says, the door is open. My friends, it's, it's finished. It's finished today. So what did, fin- what did God finish by going to the cross as in human form as Jesus Christ, his son? He finished by paying the penalty. These are the things. He paid my penalty. He canceled my debt. He defeated the fear of death. And he broke Satan's power to mess up my life. He created a family. YCBC. Whatever family you come from. The family of God. You can go to any Christian church anywhere in the world. You can walk in and you can feel you're at home. You can be with family. Believe me, I've I've just experienced that. Whichever country we've been ministering in. Wherever we've gone, you walk in, you find, "Ah, I'm at home. I can take my shoes and socks off. I can be at home. And he guarantees our salvation. I'm sure when Jesus gets up there to heaven, his dad's going to go, well done, son. But these five things, they give me hope. When Jesus Christ stretched out his arms and said, it is finished, he paid the price. Telestai, it was paid in full. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.